And so Zimbabwean-born and Johannesburg-based artist Cindy Sonioni is a globally recognized figure and name who has showcased his art all over the world. And I mean it when I say all over the world. Sindeso was recently commissioned by uh, SA Mint and the Reserve Bank to design the new Mandela Centenary coins. He's no stranger to this. He uh, was previously commissioned to design the OR Tambo Centenary coins as well. We're now joined by the man himself in our Johannesburg studio, graphic design trained illustrator Cindy Sonioni. He's at Cindy Sonioni on Twitter. Do show him some love. Good evening and welcome to Metro FM Talk, Sindeso. Hi there, Kovidi. Are you well? <laughs> I'm great, thanks. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> what are you giggling about? It's not like you don't know your big deal. Come on, come on. What wow. is this? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I sit here and I'm in awe of, of your resume. It reads like a dream. But somebody who's listening in and thinking, oh, interesting. Who is Cindy Sonioni? <laughs> wow. Okay, well, um, Cindy So. Cindy Sonioni is a... Uh, Independent graphic uh, artist based in Johannesburg, uh, born and raised in Mulawayo. Mm-hmm. Um, background in graphic design. I moved to Johannesburg in 2005 where I enrolled at the University of Johannesburg and studied graphic design before specializing in illustration where I worked as an illustrator in Cape Town for two years. Did a short stint in advertising a couple of years ago and well, about six years ago, I quit and I've just been operating independently now. So in a nutshell, you can say I draw for a living. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you draw. Do you draw? <laughs> what, what, what informed the move to Johannesburg? Was it uh, sheerly for studies purposes? Yeah, at the, at the time, because I mean, growing up in Zim, you know, it's like um, there was not much of a scope or opportunities to 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 study the, mm-hmm. the, the the design or art and design so at at the time you know i mean i, I got accepted at what was then VitzTech. you know yes. it took a while before i could actually get started because no you're of, a former VitzTechy. yay well actually i'm the first batch of uj <laughs> the, <laughs> okay yes, okay the, the the merger so i'd been accepted by VitzTech, but by the time i could actually afford to actually get started ah. it was it was now uj yeah what was so, the attraction to the design space? I think what attracted me, because I mean, growing up in Zim, you know, we were bombarded with a lot of pop culture, you know, growing mm-hmm, up. So stuff mm-hmm. from coming up from the West and stuff. But at that time, I was also seeing a lot of stuff that was coming from across the border. You know, at the time there was your, um, the, the, the design scene was kind of like it was growing, you know, in the late uh, 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, early 2000s, that's when the YMAG was coming out. Yes. So I used to, I subscribed to that and I was seeing all the stuff that was happening there. And prior to that, I'd been introduced to what, well, I didn't really know what graphic design was until I was mm-hmm. about the age of 16, I think, when um, a lady from New York, like she retired to Zim and she was teaching at my high school and she saw my work, you know, she was like, hey man, like, what are your, what are your plans, you know? Mm. <laughs> what are you going to become? What are you going to do with your with your talent. And I mean, keep in mind in Zoom, being an artist is not exactly a... <laughs> it's not a real job. It's not a real job, you know. Yeah. So uh, I used to get teased, you know. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. you're going to end up being a cartoonist, you know. And being a cartoonist, keep in mind, is not like what Zapiro is, the side. <laughs> that side, it's not, it's, it's pretty whack. <laughs> no, it's, it's drawing the Popeye. It's, yeah, drawing the Popeye. That's what they meant. <laughs> exactly, yes. you know. So it was like, yeah, I was made fun of. And, but then when, I, when this lady this woman who taught me art in my final year, she was like, no, mm-hmm. why don't you go into graphic design? And she got me through it. She 
give me a few books and I was like hey man I've been doing this all along I just didn't know what it was called yeah, and yeah. then that's when I started actively looking like at places that I could possibly go to and because I, I already had uh, brothers and sisters in Johannesburg you know that was my first point of um, you know reference and stuff so I, I checked out what was happening here checked the schools you know I mean at that time there were a lot of like design schools but then I opted for Vitstech at the time you know mm-hmm. got accepted but then I, I had to take two gap years after high school because at the time, the economy in Zim <laughs> was yeah. yeah, it was it was bad. Until my mom saw my frustration and she was like, "Dude, like I can see you really want to do this art thing." Because I mean, my dad at the time he was not really <laughs> on board because I mean, art is mm. not really yeah, you know, it's not really a profession. So she, you know, uh, God bless her. She <laughs> she she raised my my first year's tuition. You know, hey, God bless mothers. Yeah, yes, no, mothers she, are magicians. She's she, she's a superhero in the in the flesh. <laughs> so um, uh, what happened? She was raised my first year's tuition, and then she was like, "Yo, man, when you get to Joburg, hey, you're gonna have to make a plan." So I got here. I was working as a barman, mm-hmm. and I was freelancing <laughs> as well at the same time. And yeah, four years through, I was able to graduate. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and um make a career out of this drawing thing. So I guess you were hell-bent on making it work definitely, because it's not definitely. like it was handed over to you on a no, silver no. platter. You no. almost had to prove yourself. Yeah, no, for me it was do or die because, I mean, you get here and, I mean, I was doing school full-time so I'd be at school from like 8 until 5 and then 6 until maybe crazy odd hours like 3 a.m. Mm. That was my shift at the bar. <laughs> Hoping for tips. No, the tips got me through. Yeah. I was able to buy my first computer with just tips. <laughs> nice one. You know, so yeah, it was sure. just, it was a hustle. It was a hustle, but it's a it's it's a less it's an experience that I'm glad I went through because it really did prepare me for, you know, what it was I was actually gonna get into later on, and pretty much you know, it was, it was prepping me for what it is that I'm I'm, I'm actually doing now. All right, so you then went on to have a bit of a a, a try at corporate life. Yes. Um, you you had a job, you came to Cape Town, but it wasn't to be for long. You then not, resigned and went solo. No, not at all. I mean, my first job, I was an intern at an illustration studio in Cape Town. So mm-hmm. straight after graduating, I moved to Cape Town. And at that time, it was just to build my portfolio because, you know, as right. a, as, as a fresh student it's like and especially like in design or the creative uh, scenes like your portfolio is what speaks volumes you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I joined this studio that was actually working on some very cool like brands and they were illustration well an illustration studio so basically we were save service providers to the advertising industry I hear you so I spent two years there and yeah I guess it was it was quite an experience <laughs> because um why is that nervous giggle? <laughs> no, because I, I guess it's it's, it's no secret um, what goes down in Cape Town, especially in the creative industry. Whoa, I've spoken to black professionals <laughs> in Cape Town. Yes. I reside in Cape Town, so yeah. So I'm sure we yeah. keep it moving. You've, yeah, we just, you just got to keep it moving. So that's why I couldn't last too long because there wasn't much growth. Mm-hmm. And I felt like obviously having lived and studied in Joburg, I knew what was happening then because I was a freelancer as well at the time. There was it was there was a faster pace in in Joburg, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. naturally I I just thought you know okay let me try and get a bit of experience here in Cape Town, but I knew I wasn't going to stay too long there. 
But then when I jumped ship, I opted to go into advertising. Okay. So, which was completely, well, not completely different, but I mean, it was a different sort of ball game. And I but isn't sp- that like from the fireplace right into the? You could say. You could I say mean, that. I mean, I realized that after six months in the game, you know, and I think uh, it was an it was a good experience as well. I mean, I was with a very cool agency, Black River uh-huh. FC. I mean, we were creating the Nando's ads. Uh, All right, back then, yeah, <laughs> and it was a it was a cool experience. But I mean, I realized that this is this is not really my my space. In the mm. sense that I was too much of an artist. I mean, I was at that time as well. I was I was being invited to a whole lot of showcases all over the world to showcase my right. work because I have a very strong um, social activist background. In the sense that I was known more for the poster artwork okay. that I was creating. You know, so I found myself being showcasing all over the place. You know, and freelancing at the time. You know, and at that time I was building this alias or this artist moniker. Uh, which I go by the name of is, which is Riot. Which Riot, yes. yes. I was going to ask you about that. Why are you called Riot? I, I think it stems from my my social activist roots, you know, <laughs> and the kind ah. of poster art that I was putting out, you know, and it's more or less the stuff I was known for. So I guess at the time, for still now, it was a very fitting name, you know, to to, to attach to, to my artworks, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about you having gone solo. Can yes. you remember your first big gig? My first big gig was actually with Nedbank. <laughs> what were you doing? So I was, uh, they outsourced, it was actually like an innovation agency that I was working with uh, sort of different, um, uh, it was almost like kits to get people in the rural areas to start um, banking basically. Ah, okay. So they needed like a conceptual artist to come and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they had ideas and they needed somebody who could bring those ideas, like create them visually and stuff. To life. To life. So funny enough, that was the first gig I got. It, it wasn't even too long after I just quit, you know. Mm. I got that gig and when, because normally when they hit you up or they call you up, you know, you, you cost on a job and stuff. So just to kind of test the waters, I costed three times the salary I was getting. <laughs> okay. At the time. And they were like, okay, cool. You know, we want you for... Did that take you back? Yeah, it did. That's when, <laughs> I, that's when I really, really realized that, you know what, this is actually how much I'm worth <laughs> out here. You know? Oh, and my. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a, quite a big way What a way to discover your worth. No, definitely. And, yeah, so I, I very... I, remember that first gig very, very nice yeah. one yeah at the basha uhuru Bayeza creative conference you are quoted as having said that it's important to align yourself with what inspires you yes um you then went on to talk about how you should people in your space should avoid um working as islands working in isolation yes. two parts to this yeah. what inspires you wow okay that's always a very i mean it's I'm inspired by a lot of things, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I'm a very, I'm, I'm into film, I'm into music, right. you know, like poetry, you know. I'm inspired by people quite a lot, you know, like individuals. Like I can have having mm-hmm. a talk with my nephew, you know, and it can spark off like a whole lot of stuff, you know. And I mean, the for me, it's it's very, it's 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 an endless list because I don't like to, I don't feel I as an artist you should ever restrict yourself. 
Correct. In terms of what possibilities they are at hand, you know. And so I think inspiration is something that you should constantly get from all over the place. I mean, I do a lot of mentorship as well. Mm. So, like, with the guys that I mentor, um, I always tell them, look, I want to learn as much as I can from you as you are going to learn from me. You know, so it's, I like it's, that. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like you, you're constantly learning because you have to evolve, you know, and that's the only way you can, you know, constantly keep in, 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 in tune with what's actually happening. So I think if you're very aware of what's happening around and not really restricting yourself to just... Because, I mean, I studied graphic design. Mm-hmm. That was purely communication design. But at, my, at the Faculty of Art and Design in, in, at, at UJ... I was constantly in the multimedia studio I in the see. fashion in the fashion department, you know, because that's where I used to draw a lot of inspiration. You know, in the multimedia studio, they had that biggest um, DVD library there. That's where I discovered a lot of, you know, art house film and foreign movies. And I get a lot of inspiration from that as well. All right. You know? So I'm hearing you say you're multifaceted. You are inspired by different things at different points in time. Yeah. The second part to your statement, um, creative entrepreneurs should avoid being an island and working in isolation. Just how important are collaborations in your space? Yeah, for me, collaborations are and have been very, very important because that's the only way you can actually learn um, new stuff. And, you know, I think when you're comfortable, that's when it's a problem. Because once you get yourself mm. out of your comfort zone, that's when you start to create, you, f- you find that you, you actually push yourself to... To, to, to actually create stuff that you probably wouldn't have even thought of because you've just been chilling in an island and just focusing on your space and not really opening yourself up to what's actually happening around. I mean, adding on to that, I, I travel a lot. Mm. Like, and that was also one of the things why I actually quit my, my 9 to 5 as well because I was okay. restricted. I couldn't get that opportunity or chance to actually travel and and, and and broaden my horizons in that sense, you know. And I think I was doing myself a service at the time because what I've learned and picked up from the different cities and places that I've been, is, it's it's a wealth of stuff and it's contributed vastly and greatly to, to a lot of uh, the work that I've been putting out, you know. All right. It is uh, 10 to 8. We are in conversation with uh, graphic design trained illustrator Cindy Sognoni. He is uh, the man who was commissioned to design the uh, Nelson Mandela centenary coins. We know that the South African Mint, a subsidiary of the Reserve Bank, is rolling out a series of three collectible coins and uh, one circulation coin depicting the life of distinguished statesman and global icon Madiba, whose centenary is being commemorated this year. We come back and wrap up our conversation with Cindy So. After this break, we spoke about your first big gig, um, Cindy. So, and of yeah. course, there's no way you can forget about that. I mean, no. you went and costed three <laughs> times what you were earning at the time, and so yeah. it would make sense that you don't forget that. But what has been to date your most memorable or, or most sentimental gig? My most sentimental gig. Mm. Where your heart and your nerves are just all in it. Um, it actually it actually wasn't a commissioned type of thing. Okay. Actually, it was. Um, I moved to Kenya for like six months. All right. And I was I was I was teaching 
I was teaching like art and design at the time okay. to a bunch of like kids um, in the slums. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. So it was like, because my partner at the time, she had started up like a collective there and she was, she was teaching these kids um, from like the East, Eastlands, like that's like the rough part of, of Nairobi. She was teaching them like art and design, how they can use art and design as a self-sustaining sort of like tool and stuff. Because these are kids okay. that are straight straight out of high school. They really don't have many options, you know. Right. So at the time, I was initially just supposed to go and give them just like an illustration workshop, you know. So I got there. And then when I realized the impact that I just f- from them being able to see somebody who looked like them. <laughs> first of Representation all, matters, you know, brother. Uh, you see, because at that time, because you know there's a lot of, in like Kenya and Nairobi as well, there's a lot of, you know, Europeans that go out there and yep. Americans and stuff. They do all these uh, kind of like CSI uh, jobs and stuff. But I think when they saw me, it, it like there was such a shift in the chain. I think in me as well, because initially I was just supposed to just come and give them an illustration mm-hmm. workshop, mm-hmm. but I ended up staying there for six whole months. <laughs> You know, okay. because I realized like this was actually it was quite a big deal, not just to them, but to me as well. Because I, it, you know, when you have that mo- that moment, because I've been doing a lot of social commentary and social activist, you know, mm-hmm, work mm-hmm. and stuff. And for me, I've always wanted to comment on, you know, pressing issues, you know, especially talking right. about what's happening on the continent and stuff, you know, because I've always been very uh, interested in like a human centered sort of like approach in design. So I think for I me that, that was like my first um, contact with actually finding some sort of a purpose because from that, like those kids, the, the bunch of kids, I mean, I'm still in touch with most of them, you know, they ended up, they, they started up like their own little studio as well. They started a magazine, you know, hmm. and so it was like that knowledge that I was able to pass off, whether it, even though it was for such a short time, it actually uh made quite a difference because I mean they even went on to even give workshops I think in the rural parts of Nairobi as well <laughs> so it oh, was wow. like one of those um, domino effect or that's a big that deal Cindy so yeah so I'm I sure it left you a different person as well no it definitely did <laughs> it are, definitely are we ever did. going to see Cindy so the tutor somewhere in the horizon uh, I, I do get invited from time to time to do like uh, guest lectures Mm-hmm. at the different universities and stuff. And as well, I mean, when I meet, because a lot of people know me online, like my online presence stuff, and when they meet me like in the streets and stuff, we do have conversations and stuff. And okay. I'm always very open to like, you know, I'm, that's how I mentor. That's like my idea of mentorship, you know. All right. Is that like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not this unapproachable person that you know you just see online you see the work that i'm doing and you think okay he's not probably i can't even you know get some info out of him like i'm pretty much open to like a lot of even the young guys you know to just like approach me and and we just keep in touch that way i mean i because i do a lot of freelance work as well um i do pass on a lot of work to a lot of the younger mm-hmm. you know nice i like that. for stuff you know so i think for I like me that. that's sort of the purpose because i guess we all have different um ideas of what success is i think for me success is being able to open those doors and see who comes behind you and who can actually Mm. follow through and for me Mm. that's that's my idea nice let's talk a little i want to dig 
a little more. Um, you mentioned human-centered work yeah. um, and, and your love for the continent and issues that bug you where yeah. the continent is concerned. Yeah. You also went on to do some work. Uh, I saw a few posters um, standing against xenophobia. This was a few years ago. Yes. What so th- what was what pushed you then, and and how far do you think we've come as a as a as a people, as an African people? I think that that first series of posters that I did was actually the first one. I think was a self. It was one of uh, it was some of my student work. I think one of our illustration classes we had to do a self portrait. So my experiences working as a barman, <laughs> I'd been exposed to a lot of like the xenophobia. That was actually rife at, at, at that time. I mean, I was working in Lindest, which is just pretty much down the road from Alex. And that's where the attacks from 2008 like, like started, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I did experience my fair share of, you know, of xenophobia at the time. So those were actually responses, my responses to what the atmosphere and the climate at the time, you know, in the sense that I felt that, okay, it's it's cool to be this gifted artist or illustrator and create pretty pictures, but what do you, what does your work actually say? What's yeah. the purpose, you know? So for me, I was like, okay, the first uh, base for me would be like, can I start a dialogue? Can I get people to start talking about these issues, you know? And I think if you can change one perception, then it, yes, from then on, I guess it, 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 it can only get better. You know, so I think that was my stance at the time, and that's why I was very um, into like how you can use visual art and posters in particular to to combat all these things. Did you do? Do you feel you managed to stir um, conversation in the way you hoped it would go? I I I I think I mean in my spaces I feel it did sort of work because I mean after the time because I was using uh, an online presence to actually put out these works you know so having putting using my social media platforms to actually put out these 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 pieces you know i found a lot of newspapers were picking up on those you know radio stations were picking up on those and they were sharing these images you know so i mm-hmm. I, I think it, it it had that impact because okay in on one side i got recognized for my my, my work but on the other side as well i think there, there has been a bit more tolerance. I mean, although in my spaces or in my encounters and stuff, I mean, it's, it's, it's still arguable because, I mean, I think even a couple of years ago, there were still, like, incidents where you'd hear, like, attacks and stuff, you know? Let, let you and I talk, African children. Whether we call it xenophobia or Afrophobia, what, mm. what, what do you think is behind this intolerance and ignorance somewhat? towards fellow Africans? For me, I think the first problem is borders. <laughs> these man-made the, borders? These man-made borders. From the Berlin Conference? Yes. <laughs> okay. These man-made borders for me are the first, first, first problem. And I think, um, okay, for me living in South Africa the past 13 years, I've been mm. an observer. Right. So I've observed, I've, I've been at the point where I, I, I'm in there experienced, but I also observe because I'm not from here. Right. You know, so I think what I picked up on was there's this, although it's changing now, this grow, there was this culture of the fear of the unknown because not a lot of um, 
locals had traveled a lot. They had mm-hmm. not they hadn't been exposed to these other cultures or what was actually happening in and around the continent. So I think it's only natural that when you have a history of violence and segregation and whatnot, whatever, you know, what apartheid was, you know, it's only natural that, I'm not saying that it's it's a good thing, but I mean, it, I understand where that, that, that fear came from, it, it came from, you know. Correct. It could have just been a, I like to call it the ugly cousin <laughs> of apartheid, mm. you know. It was a byproduct of, you know, the history and years and years of violence. I think before we go into a whole history lesson, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's understand how you came to being commissioned to design the Or Tambo um, centenary coins and then, of course, the Madiba coins. Yeah. How did the SA Mint and the Reserve Bank find you? So, so it's... This all happened, you know, so all about aligning yourself and stuff that this comes into play now. When I was freelancing, so I started freelancing in 2013. Right. I think in about 2015, I got contacted by an agency mm-hmm. who had the SA Mint account and they were doing a campaign for, although developing um, coins, medallions for, to commemorate, to celebrate the Johannesburg Art Galleries. Mm-hmm. Um centenary so that was my first contact with like the SMN they got me to design right. like uh, different statues from the from the to the, the, the gallery's collection and those designs or sketches and drawings were translated into coins okay so that was my first relationship with 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 the mint through, through this right. agency called brainstorm and so after that they they appointed um a new production manager design because he has a very graphic design background mm-hmm. and at that time I had been invited to uh, to be part of the the design advisory panel for the SA Mint where we go and we sit in and we review the coins that they design and whatnot. Hmm. so the relationship Posh was much? <laughs> yeah, well, so what you look at our coins and you feel alright yeah, you know, this, this, this yeah. design is outdated Yeah, no, I, I, we need I, our money to look different I come through with some crits and uh, design design expertise. <laughs> hey, I, those four years of uh, <laughs> hard time, I need to put them into use. Listen <laughs> here, and you're doing so well at that. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> so they invited me to be part of this design advisory panel. But then and that, at that time, the South African Minister of Finance was beginning a project, which in, in, with, in collaboration with the SA Mint, where they were developing mm-hmm. a, a series of products um, which featured themes of freedom, democracy, and culture. And the first okay. theme was the 100-year anniversary of O.R. Tambo. So now okay. this, this guy, um, uh, Richard, who's stone the, 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 the top guy in the, the design department there, mm-hmm. he came up to me and was like, man, I've seen your, 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 your poster art, and I see you collaborated with A.C. Mint on the, the JAG uh, mm-hmm. coins. And then he was like, how about we try and translate your poster art onto <laughs> coins? <laughs> Hmm. So it's something that hadn't been done before, and he was taking a, a, a chance on me, with me. I mean. Goodness. And, and and so, yeah, we bashed out those uh, first set of uh, illustrations, and they came out so nice, translated on uh, the, the base metal coins. And that also just led to 
the Mandela um, Commission as well. Sindeso, Matiba is a big name. Yeah. <laughs> what What was the brief where, where the Matiba coins are concerned, and just how much artistic, artistic ooh, English is running away? Just how much <laughs> artistic freedom were you given? Um, well, the thing is, because I had to t- um, follow the. Uh, I don't know if I could call it a brief, but the themes of freedom, mm-hmm. democracy, and culture. Mm-hmm. So that's basically like the overarching, you know, theme of, of the coins. But right. then there had to be portrait depictions okay. of these uh, figures, you know. So I had to be, I had to use my style of illustration, which is a very, it's a very graphic style, which is derived from graphic novels mm-hmm. and comic book art, you know. So it's a very, it's a very sketchy, graphic kind of like style so i had to be very i I had to honor that style but also be very mindful of how i depict these these portraits of these um the mandela and or tambo but also working from photographic references that had to be approved by the mint you must have been nervous at some point come on this is a huge project what were you most nervous about if at all (laughs) to be honest i was not nervous (laughs) <laughs> you don't like no, go I, away I, don't I, I, no I sw- no don't no, like. no you see the thing is i it's it's kind of like a mantra that i've always lived by i mean from the time i moved here i didn't even know how i was going to afford <laughs> to study the course i wanted to <laughs> you know or let alone survive but because i was inspired by the the kind of woman my mother is and the way mm. she always, she had nothing, but she could always make something out of nothing. You Man. Know? So uh, for me, I constantly always used to tell myself, you know what, impossible is nothing, which also used to be a tagline yeah. for Adidas yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so the more I repeated that to myself, up until this day, you know, I've always told myself, you know, impossible is nothing. I can I can do this, you know. Even, I mean, when I gave that talk at Basha Hood, I spoke about how you should always challenge yourself. You know, mm, mm. Um, I've been approached to do all sorts of jobs where I had no clue <laughs> <laughs> how to even tackle it. But I'll take it on because I'm like, okay, here's here's the challenge. You know, you've been through this before. Nothing should phase you. So let's go. So now I've, I've been fortunate enough to see my drawings um, applied to different substrates from blankets to I, to pa- our I painted bellies once. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and now now it's on 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 money you know so it's it's that thing of not restricting yourself and not being an island and just being open up to you know those challenges your journey is nothing short of inspiring kudos to you Thank Cindy. You so but much, something good. tells me this is not the end what next what what are you I dreaming th- of next you know there's a famous uh, american graphic designer paula Scher, she says She's driven by the the hope that she hasn't created her best best work yet, Whoa. and f- for me, that's that's kind of like the space I'm also at, you know, because I'm like, okay, cool, I've done this. What's next? Bring it, you know. I'm, and I'm very open to a lot of, uh, you know, experimentation uh, <laughs> possibilities and stuff. I mean, I just came from downstairs. There was the book launch for a mm-hmm. book called Born to Kwaito. Yes, you know, so. For me, film is another avenue I'd like to explore. And for years, I'd, I'd always been very, like, intrigued by the movement that Kwaito was, 
you know. So, f- for example, that's something I want to probably venture off into. Maybe I could write a script for a feature-length film on the genre mm. or a Broadway play. You know, I mean, I'm into musicals. <laughs> you know well. what, Cindy? <laughs> keep soaring. Keep shining. Your journey is a marvel to watch. You make us more than proud. <laughs> Thank you ever so much for making time to speak to Thank us tonight. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Good luck with your future endeavors. Thank you so much. And, all and the that was Cindy Sognoni.